Hey, welcome to the Bartender's Perspective. I'm so happy to have you here. Work is done for the day. Pull up a chair, have a seat. I'll pour you a drink and let's get started. Tonight's podcast, y'all, it's, it's about the scripture. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26. I'd like to talk about a few things about its significance um, as it pertains to all of us. And then to tell you how I learned what the scripture meant to me on a trip I took. It's a great scripture, y'all. It reads as follows. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must first take up his cross and follow me. For anyone who wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to give up his place in the kingdom? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? It really was a head-scratcher for me. But Jesus is teaching. He's teaching two things here. You know, he foretells that he must go to Jerusalem, you know, suffer many things. You know, we know the story. Be killed, be raised on the third day. And next, there's a demand for all who want to follow Jesus. The demand is the willingness to deny themselves wholly or die to self. A misconception, I think, for a lot of people that have read the scriptures that when they hear carrying the cross, they think it's about carrying a burden. Um, And, you know, for some people, with respect to those people that believe that, you know, that could, you know, very much be the interpretation. But I think what Jesus was really trying to say, when we deny ourselves, it means that we're intentionally, you know, move away from the relationship where our self, as a lot of alcoholics um, say in, you know, the big book, is primary, and instead pledge complete allegiance to Christ, costing you your very self. And trust me, I understand y'all working against, you know, what, what you've always known or if you've always, you know, depended only on yourself. It, it's hard to do the exact opposite of something that you may have done if you've not necessarily had the best relationship with Christ. But Jesus is, he's getting, what he's getting at here, it's the harsh reality of being his follower. You know, there's no lukewarm or, you know, partially, you know, one one foot in and one foot out. You know, it's not the hokey pokey. Instead, it's literally an extreme surrender or a cold turkey of what and who we are. You know, in a sense, crucifying yourself. You know, and this is not something that just happens overnight. I mean, it's a daily process. Crucifying yourself, you know, in quotations, daily so that Christ might be exalted in us. Jesus knew that we could not achieve this in our strength. You know, so based on the Holy Trinity, he sent us the Holy Spirit to enable us, you know, to help us with that daily process and to grow more into the likeness of Christ every day. Like being a disciple of Christ, it really is a sacrifice and a cost, you know, is definitely, you know, attached to that. 
a lot of people think that um, they have this impression that by coming to Christ, you know, everything is going to be smooth and ponies and rainbows and, you know, we'll all hold hands and there won't be any trial and tribulation. You know, it'll be eaten all over again and he'll remove every trial and trouble. So this, it's a pretty distorted view of Christ. I mean, ultimately it goes back to self and fulfilling the needs of the self rather than the will of God. Scriptures teach that we will have tribulation in this world. Yet, we can take heart because we have peace in Christ as he has overcome the world. You know, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, you know, and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter through the kingdom of God. You know, so Jesus, he went on to say, to teach us that if you do not deny yourself, take up the cross and follow Christ, that it means that you are more self-absorbed, more in love with yourself and trying to save yourself. You know, Jesus says, again, it was written in the scripture, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, what will the profit a man against the whole world for if it's his soul? You know, what will the man give in exchange for his soul? Many Christians, they're taught to come to Christ to gain worldly wealth. You know, I see it every day. Worldly wealth, abundance, everything else. People stepping on each other. People hurting people. People doing what they have to. You know, to get wealth, to grow, to be rich, and, you know, fortune. not all, but some to be famous. And in the process, there's a cost. Like, are you willing to give up everything for Christ, even your very life? You know, it, it, if not, I mean, you're simply unworthy to be his disciple. And all that stepping on people or doing whatever it is that you do that goes against the nature of God. Do it long enough, you know, you'll do so at the expense of your own soul. Man, that's deep stuff. But unlike y'all, you know, you're getting the benefit of me telling you about this. You know, it took this adventure of a vacation I took to New Orleans to find this out. But then again, this is how God has done most things in my life, or at least in in my experience. So with that, I took a trip to, as the locals call it, NOLA. I booked the trip uh, with two friends of mine. You know, I got the tickets on Airbnb. This was years ago, like 2012, I think. We got the shotgun apartment. It was $50. And, you know, it was a simple place. Man, we got down there. It was a 12-hour trip, monsoon to Mississippi, coming in Louisiana. My gosh, 50 miles of highway on a swamp. Yeah, that was intimidating. When we get there, you know, I had to find, after I called the lady who was hosting us, 
I had to find the key in a broken vase behind this shotgun-style place, which, looking back, I don't think the place had been renovated even after Katrina. I mean, at least that's the way it looked. Like, literally, you walked into this place. It was three of us. There was this 1920s uh, front room seat in the den, old stereo, and one bed in the back in a really messy kitchen. At one point, you know, I dropped something on the floor and I bent down to pick it up. And that's when I was like, literally, I was able to look through the floor, y'all. And probably about, oh, four feet down, I could see the ground. You know, there was no, like, there's nothing underneath our floor. Like, if the floor broke, that's it. You fell through to the ground. It was a pretty rundown place. We, I mean, even the kitchen wasn't clean when we got there. My best friend, who's... Uh, germaphobe though he went he was so funny cleaned the entire kitchen you know and this individual had left us uh, a bunch of spirits and a bowl of beads i mean but you know it's not like we really needed anything fancy we were going to be spending most of our time in the french quarter yeah new orleans a beautiful city y'all absolutely breathtaking i will say this it's worth mentioning that if you're ever going to visit new orleans the best time to go is when, believe it or not, there's actually nothing going on. I've heard so many stories about Mardi Gras and Southern Decadence. You know, yeah, they're great festivals, but you're cramming, what, six-figure-plus bodies into this little area. You know, the French Quarter is not that big, y'all. And, yeah, it's just it's too much, apparently, during those festivals. But, you know, hey, for people that want to do it, by all means. Um, had some good spirits, you know, alcoholic mudslides, this gesture cup. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a cool time. Food was great. Yeah, I had the the pleasure of going to. I passed by uh, the Catholic church that's there in uh, the French Quarter, and a super old church. The architecture was beautiful and. I remember this particular day, I thought to myself, wow, this would be fun. So I went ahead and went to a church service, you know, getting back to my, my Catholic roots. And I sat down and, you know, did very ritualistic service. You know, the Catholics always like to do things with rituals. And the priest that day gave a sermon. Oh, it droned on to, there was no personality whatsoever he droned on about cell phones and how evil they were and how it was gonna end the world and we had to change our evil ways and you know it, in many ways i mean looking back granted you know the smartphones weren't the same then in 2012 as they are now but i mean looking back he wasn't completely wrong about cell phones being i mean no, i wouldn't say evil per se but i think it's more so how people use their cell phones um that would denote that but anyways i'm getting off topic it came time to do the body and blood of christ you know when i got up and i went and said amen you know he handed me the communion wafer and then i you know i drank the sacramental wine and he kept giving me these funny looks. I'm like, I like, what did I do? And so I turned around and I was on my way back to my seat and I got all these dirty looks from people in, you know, the fifth and sixth row. Uh, Cause I was almost in the front and I sat down 
And then I remembered, you know, that I had bought this tourist T-shirt this particular day. Yeah, it had some choice phrases. I won't repeat what they are. But nonetheless, they weren't exactly the most appropriate for church. So needless to say, I left my tithing and got out of there. <laughs> Anyways, um, we drove across uh, Lake Pontchartrain, which is a, a major lake for people you know, go out and spend time on the lake that was the construction crews were still cleaning up and rebuilding a bridge from Pontchartrain, uh, across Pontchartrain from a town called Slidell into New Orleans. We drove across there. I saw where an old abandoned six flags still stood to that day. Abandoned all the, the rides and everything were still there, but I mean, that was it. And there was even a bunch of, housing developments that just you know they stood empty because you know they were on swamp land like 20 bucks i think just to start you know simulating the economy and getting people to move back in but yeah it was a eerie sight to see needless to say and then we move on to my last day there you know, I'm walking up the street that we were staying on. You know, I had a, a fishbowl in my hand, and um, it's another popular drink in New Orleans. And, you know, I came across a tattoo parlor. You know, so my friends and I stopped in. You know, you're on vacation. You go in and look at tattoos. You don't intend to get one. Um, I give honorable mention to the place if I could remember it. But I found myself at the desk talking you know to the reception girl and i'd had a picture of this cross you know and i'd had this picture forever and ever and ever and ever and i just i never i never really gave two thoughts about it until that day and i just said to the lady i was like how much if i wanted to get you know this cross and she's like well it's gonna be like three hundred dollars and mind you i'd spent all my money on you know spirits and food and souvenirs and so i said to the lady i was like is there any kind of wiggle room or room for negotiation yeah and this is where things you know start to fall in place about you know the scripture and how it all led up to you know, me coming to understand it you know the talk to the owner said she could negotiate with me but you know i she didn't see her negotiating so the owner came out came in sat me down in her office and we talked for oh you know it was two hours basically i went in there to get a tattoo she unloaded a personal problem on me about a conflict she had with her daughter-in-law because her son essentially had kept a secret from uh, his wife and you know the wife found out that the mother-in-law knew about the secret and was mad that the mother-in-law didn't tell her about it but their mother-in-law, you know, the, the owner of the tattoo parlor, was upset because she didn't think it was her place to have said anything. You know, and, and this lady was visibly upset. You know, she cried about it. I mean, almost, well, I almost got to tears at one point. But at the end of the day, you know, I told her, I was like, look, what happened between your son and her, you know, has nothing to do with you. It was not. You know, it was his place and their business and their business only. You know, you had no responsibility in this to tell her, you know, your son's secrets. So, 
you know, she felt better after I told her that. I mean, I, I literally just sat down to talk about a tattoo and here I am giving personal advice doing, you know, what I do right now with a stranger. And looking back, you know, she, in my opinion, in my heart, she made out better than me because I think, you know, I was put that, put there that day. You know, God used me as a vessel to, you know, to listen to what she was going through. And ultimately, you know, when the conversation was all said and done and we talked a little bit more about the tattoo and she's like, all right, you can have the tattoo for $80. Just make sure you tip the artist. And I said, okay. It was great. And yeah, that tattoo took about three hours. And I can tell you from the moment, you know, the needle pierced my skin. It was in that moment that I understood. You know, I understood what that, what the scripture meant. You know, everything I talked about at the beginning, I, I, you know, it was a little deeper for me, like the crashing the crown of thorns down on the head on Christ's head, you know, the nails to the hands and feet and, you know, carrying that cross, picking it up and going. And basically, you know, it's symbolically looking at all the things that, you know, we're working against ourself. All that stuff represents us working against ourself and essentially crucifying ourselves every day. Like, I, I got it. I got what it meant. You know, so... I still carry that cross to this day. But yeah. You know, what does it mean to you? And how can you apply it to your daily life and your unique situation? You know, think about it. I can tell you this. I think about it every day. Every time I wash my hands, or when someone asks me what my tattoo means, giving your life to Jesus is hard. And even after 11 years, I'm still working on it myself. I can tell you this much, and I've made it a point to try and do better to give my life to Jesus every day. And, you know, part of that process is, you know, what's led me to write this podcast and you know, publish an episode every week. I feel called to do this. And by giving my life to Jesus, it's helping me, you know, to be a better podcaster, to be a better bartender, you know, for those of you who still see me in person. And I'm thankful for that. But y'all, I hope y'all got something out of this tonight. I really do. Um, I'm going to post this to Facebook. Please feel free to leave comments, you know, amongst yourselves. But in closing, I hope you like this podcast. I really do. If you did, please feel free to tell at least three people about my podcast. If you think they'll get something out of it. You know, this will help me to continue to get my message out there to more people. Really excited to announce that my uh, new website is done just a few more details and then i'll be releasing that for anyone who's interested so but unless you want another drink 
as always, thank you for stopping in. Here's your check. On regular podcast hours, or as always, every Sunday night at 7 p.m. So you can come back and see me then. Have a great night.